The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with yet another trailblazing innovator. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Chris Holbert, CEO and co-founder of SecureTrack. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for making the time for being here today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Sure. So SecureTrack and Chris Holbert, we started eight years ago as a company focused on sort of bringing peace of mind to the family, focused on children, seniors, or grandparents in this case, and pets. We were focused on B2C, meaning selling directly to the consumer online and over the phone. And over the last eight years, we've sort of transitioned to focus mostly our business in three markets, focused on seniors, healthcare, loan workers, which could be employees as well, as well as the seniors themselves, senior focus, sort of like a medical alert monitoring focus. So we originally founded the company eight years ago, principally focused on children within the family unit, mostly because we felt like it was just a logical fit. It just made sense. Every parent wanted to know that their child was safe, and if they weren't with them, if they needed them, they could reach them easily and quickly and get the safety help that they needed. But over the years, we found that that market just wasn't ready Many other companies have tried, just like us, and it just didn't fit for one reason or the other. But we felt like seniors and loan workers were both really good opportunities for matching our solution for safety and concerns for one's health with the needs of the market. And so we transitioned about five years ago to that and um, never looked back. Great. Well, Chris, we've been talking quite a bit on our show lately about Alzheimer's, and we really became interested in you guys because of your new product, the Mobile Defender Model S, or MDS. Let's start with that. What inspired you to develop a product for the Alzheimer's population? There's such a great need for families and caregivers to be able to provide assistance to those who have Alzheimer's. And Parkinson's, autism, there's a number of ailments and diseases that have similar characteristics where the person afflicted may lose their sort of ability to kind of know where they are or where they're going, even why they're going, where they're going. And so to be able to find them when they're not where they're supposed to be easily and quickly and get them the help they need wherever they might be is important. And so... That's one of the big reasons why our device is built the way it is. The Mobile Defender Model S doesn't require the person wearing it or with it to do anything in order to be helped. They literally just need to have it on them or with them somewhere. And then others who need to know where they are can find them at any time from any web-based device, whether that's a phone or a tablet, or even if they employ a third-party emergency response center. There's many professional centers around the country and even the world that we work with that will help monitor and keep an eye on folks that you care about 
and help you find them if something should come up. Great. So MDS is really ideal then for not only seniors suffering from Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or other memory-related problems, but also for healthcare workers and caregivers. Is that what you're saying? Exactly right. People who work in a lone worker situation where they may be the only one and they travel around like home health care, nurses might, whether it's something that may cause them a health concern, right? Because working by yourself can often present dangerous situations or your own health care situation. So you can get help as well. But obviously the focus on Alzheimer's is a big one. It's something that we've done for years and years and feel real good about because we know our solution fits. It's small. It's not too light. It's two ounces, but it's light enough to be easy to carry and not burdensome. It's small, but it's not too small so that if it needs to be found or placed, it's easily found. It's not too small, but it's small enough to wear on your hip or around your neck on a breakaway lanyard where it doesn't get in the way of regular daily activities. It's a device that has really precise location capabilities especially for those who are out and about. If you're in a large 10-story building or a complex similar to that, it has some challenges and it may be within 15 to 20 feet either way. But if you're in a regular building or out and about, it's very accurate within about five feet of where you might be. So it's a great solution. The ability to speak to it as well. So one of the features we created specifically for an Alzheimer's, Parkinson's environment is a 24 by 7 monitoring center or a family member or caregiver can call to the device and it can automatically answer. So the person doesn't have to remember or know what to do to answer it like a phone. It'll automatically pick up and create a two-way voice channel so that you can talk to someone and say, Dad, I need you to find a seat and stay put. Or you can give instruction or have some limited dialogue so that, that there might be a way to help the person be found quickly and easily. Great. Since you've been doing this for a couple of years anyways, what are Alzheimer's patients and caregivers saying about the MDS? I think what they like most about it is that at any point in time, you can see where they are. And you can even see if there's patterns because there's a historical breadcrumb that we allow people to see up to 90 days or so three months back where they can go back and say, you know what, not only did it happen today, but I wonder if they have a tendency to go in this direction or go to this location. And you can actually see over a period of time that there may be a trend. And so people really like that feature. It's all included. There's no extra fees for it. There's no upsell for the ability to see historical information. The other thing that people really like is the automated notifications. So when the battery is low, for example, people who can help recharge it will get a notice either by email or by text or both. But there's also others that are important. For example, there's one that we call secure fencing which is commonly referred to as geofencing. You can put an area or a virtual boundary around a home or an office or a location, and when it's broken by exiting or entering, you'll get a similar notice either by email or text or both. Again, when you use a 24 by 7 monitoring center, the monitoring center can also monitor that movement and those notices and respond to them. So call an agency or a doctor or a neighbor or a family member and say, hey, look, Grandpa has left this area or what have you. And so it becomes something that people find very convenient and an easy way so you can monitor behavior and or locations. 
And although I was interested because of Alzheimer's, we're a healthcare show here. Are there other populations that would benefit from the MDS? Sure. So one of the more common ones nowadays, especially with healthcare regulations, trying to limit readmissions of patients that are discharged, often hospitals will give these out for a period of a month or so so that there's an easy way to monitor the whereabouts and the health, either by phone or otherwise, of their patients so they can limit the readmissions, so that they can get them maybe follow-up Q&A or questions, solve issues before they actually have to be readmitted because that affects their payout from CMS. So that's one application. The other one I think we mentioned briefly earlier is just a lone worker situation where visiting nurses or mobile healthcare workers of one type or another would carry this device for their own benefit or for, by extension, their patient's benefit. So if they're with their patient, it's just so much quicker and easier to use the mobile defender Model S to communicate with a emergency response center than having to get a phone, unlock it, dial the number, figure out what number to call, all that kind of stuff. And so it becomes very good not only for your own safety, but by extension for your patient safety in a mobile healthcare situation. Chris, as we talk about this, you've already sold me one in terms of what you originally said you started the company for. I have a nine-year-old going on 10. He's really going on 15. Yeah, he wants yeah. to be a teenager, and I can imagine the benefits. What were some of the challenges you found getting into that market? The children market is interesting. There's two, I guess, summary observations that I could relay and, and help define sort of the difficulty, the unique difficulty. One is probably like anyone, we felt like the mom or the woman in the family unit, whether it was the mom or the grandma, whoever, was going to be the driver of the purchase decision. And over a period of years, we actually found that it was almost 70% men that were the buyers, not the women. And it was really interesting because when we did some focus groups, we found that it came down to men felt more comfortable using technology as a solution to help improve safety for their children than women. Women preferred to think of it more as their responsibility and their job or just something they could handle without an assistance from technology. And men felt like it was just part of the toolkit. It was really interesting. That was probably the biggest, actually, surprise. The other one is that it just was hard because... Children liked the device often more than their parents did, but the responsibility for keeping it with them, keeping it charged, just like a mobile phone, when they're younger, 8, 9, and 10, because it's not a game, (laughs) became something that children forgot about. And so you almost find that children gravitate more towards toys and games that require things to be charged, because if not, they don't get that enjoyment. And so there became a disconnect there between the children's responsibility to keep it on them and with them and the parent trying to manage it. So it became a a challenge there. Ultimately, we felt like there was quite a lot of investment that would be required, not only in the education of the market, but of the tool itself, the device itself, so that it would be fun and kid-friendly and something they'd want to keep with them so that they could get the benefits of the safety. And it was just something that we weren't sure really how to do, to be quite honest. I mean, and I don't know if anyone's actually cracked it yet, We certainly want the first to try, and we haven't been the last, but many companies have tried millions and millions of dollars to try and make this work, and it's just never really stuck for one reason or the other. We then went to phones and using a mobile app, but then that kind of pushed the minimum age boundary up quite a bit from, you know, four, five, six, where you want to start into the 11, 12, 13, and the tweens age groups. 
So at any rate, there's been a lot of things we tried. It was just a difficult way to try and help. So we looked around and said, this solution works great for other markets where the propensity to use a solution like this is already present. And so that's when we started to shift. There are still plenty of families who use this for children, and it works great. It's just not what we spend our time and energy on and marketing on. No, but that's great insight. And I'll tell you that as someone with a nine-year-old, I've been watching the older kids and the age at which kids are getting phones, much to my chagrin, is getting lower and lower and lower. We've said it's going to be 12, and I'm sure we're not going to be able to last that long as we'll be the only one without a phone. It's interesting what you learn as you find your way to what your flywheel is, for sure. What's next for SecureTrack, Chris? What are you going to work on for your customers? For us, what we have is we have about a two-year development life cycle for our solution. So over probably the next year or so, We'll be finishing up designs and development on the next stage of Mobile Defender. So this is the fourth-generation device, the Mobile Defender Model S. We'll have a fifth generation out probably in 2018, early 2018. And it's going to start to help us do more with inside or indoors locations using things like Wi-Fi and other Bluetooth technologies. We have Bluetooth built into the device now. So the second thing that we're going to do is continue to leverage that with other healthcare-related devices. So, for example, heart rate monitor and blood sugar monitoring and things like that that can be integrated over Bluetooth will be able to relay as well. So, for example, let me give you an easy example. Not only will we be able to monitor healthcare sort of position and safety, but we'll be able to monitor healthcare vitals. So, for example, if your glucose monitor goes below a certain threshold, all that information could be relayed through the Mobile Defender Model S, including your location, and trigger a notice to the 24 by 7 or family care unit that says, Chris now has dangerously low blood sugar. This is where he is. It could connect you by phone to me. We could do the same thing with the Mobile Defender Model S because of the Bluetooth capability around all these healthcare attributes that we could do with sort of emergency response and location. So those are the two areas. One, sort of improving how we find people indoors or in large structures like parking garages or malls or things like that, but also extending the current capabilities of Bluetooth to some new healthcare capabilities. Outstanding. Chris, before we let everyone go, I want to remind everyone to go to www. SecuraTrack, so that's S-E-C-U-R-A-T-R-A-C dot com to learn more about the great things that Chris and his team are doing there at SecuraTrack. Chris, it was a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your great wisdom with us today. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. Uh, We appreciate it as well. And that wraps this broadcast on behalf of our guest, Chris Holbert. I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.